Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's he listening to? Same song over and over. Throw me the ball and watch what I do with it. Uh, uh. <laughs> we got Bow Wow in the house. My man Lil Zane. <laughs> Lil Wayne. Sammy Saint took me. Strike one. Caught you by surprise. Strike two. Right before your eyes. Bitch uh, three. This one's to the wall. Oh, Ain't no uh, fun like a shame of how What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode to the Believe in the Long Ball podcast with your hosts, Alan Styles and Orlando Razo. If you're listening to us, you're probably listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, or Luminary. But if you didn't know, you can listen on all those platforms. Well, now you know. While you're there, rate us. Give us five stars. If you like us, if you don't like us, don't give us five stars, but at least let us know why. Yes, you are listening to us. On a day that is not Friday, we had to get this out. Um, Orlando hit me up at about 4.30 in the morning to make sure we got an episode out before the World Series started. And he's not wrong. Um, We're here to preview Rays, Dodgers, talk about, we'll talk a little bit about the teams that didn't make it, but it's really, this is really all about uh, America loves a winner. So we're going to talk about winners. Orlando, what do you got? Right. Before uh, we get into uh, to the good business here, um, I'd like to talk about our friends at betonline.ag. I love this this website. It's amazing. It really is awesome. Um, I've been winners lately. Been winners two and one again last week, four and two total ride with Razi. Once again, giving you the raise money line tomorrow. I bet them every game. They're awesome. I'm going Lions money line this weekend, even though I hate betting the Lions and Steelers minus two and a half. They were great for me uh, this past weekend. So I'm going to take advantage of that. Go to betonline.ag. Team, player, coaching, props, anything you really want, the online casino, head online to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonus. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. We got a awesome special guest uh, to preview the World Series with us, the Fall Classic, the whole enchilada. Um, one of my good friends, actually, I would consider us good friends. I haven't asked him specifically if he considers us good friends, but he's a former, he's a SoCal kid. He's a former Long Beach State dirtbag, former Big West Pitcher of the Year, former all, you were an All American, right? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> former All American, former collegiate. Team USA, everything. He was he was fantastic at Long Beach State. He's been fantastic in the pros. He pitches in the Mariners system. If I had to pick someone to save my life with one pitch, and they just said you got to paint the corner, you got you have to hit this fucking spot, or else you are you're dead. Your brains are blown out. I'd pick this guy to paint one corner. The guy's an artist of the strike zone, Darren McCocken. Darren, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, you were for sure one of my favorite teammates that I ever had. We had some great talks in the bullpen, always talking baseball, always talking football, you know, whatever sports we were on, we were talking about it. And, you know, those are some memories I always cherish and let's make some new ones on the podcast. I love that. Great (laughs) great intro, you two, um, I must say. So the way we're going to do this, I don't know if this is even going to count against Darren for a, a visit because we have so much to talk about. We're not necessarily going to be able to dive too deep into your story, which is obviously a great one. We're going to get to some of it. I mean, Long Beach State, um, you know, what you're doing right now for the Mariners. But it, it is a little bit of a different different look for us today. So I'm excited um, of how this is going to go. Uh, Darren, you're going to get uh, your feet wet as far as you're going to be analyzing right there with us, obviously. 
Um, we know you're a Dodger fan, so uh, and you know me in Orlando, or probably Orlando, but I too am a Giants fan, Bay Area. So okay. this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. I'm very excited for it. Uh, but kind of to kick off, Darren, were you nervous at at any point, uh, especially knowing how Atlanta and blown leads are kind of synonymous with each other? Were you nervous at any point that the Dodgers were not going to pull this out when it got to three one, or at any point throughout the throughout the series? Of course, man. Of course. Uh, watching the games, you know, they weren't, they weren't really swinging it too well. The pitching was kind of here and there. The bullpen was, you know, they were, they weren't too locked down like they usually are. Um, and yeah, it was, it was nerve wracking as a Dodger fan watching it. Um, but you know, I think that they just, they took it one game at a time. They really, they, they figured something out in terms of hitting and, you know, the bats came alive and the pitching did what it needed to do. Um, and you know, the, the, the Atlanta, they like to choke. I don't know. It's something about that city. And you Dude. know, I, the Dodgers, the Dodgers fed off that and they, they didn't stop. Right. Yeah. I, I don't honestly like that team, that Braves team, first of all, like hats off to them. They're really exciting to watch. I think they're, that's going to be a, a battle in the NLCS for the next, you know, two or three years. I wouldn't be surprised to see either of those teams if they just kept meeting up with each other. And wouldn't be surprised if the Braves eventually got to them too. But I get that they blew a 3-1 lead, but did they did they really choke? Like the Dodgers are so unbelievably stacked. Yeah. That like, can you they I wouldn't say they blew it. Maybe with that base running mistake in in game seven, you could say that mm. was like the source of of the CJ, the choke job. <laughs> but it seemed like the Dodgers really just outplayed them. They figured something out and they just, they, they simply outplayed them. I wouldn't, right. yeah, like you said, it wasn't too much of a choke job. No, no. But we all knew, like if you played, I would say any, if you played baseball, at least in high school and you were watching that game, you knew for a fact. And I actually don't know if the Dodgers scored, but you were pretty sure that once the Braves blew that situation, the Dodgers were at least going to score the next inning because that's how it works in baseball or the Braves either way, the Braves were going to regret that in some way. Like there was just no coming back from it. I just felt like, and even it was only the fourth inning, but when runs are at a premium, it just can't happen. It can't happen. So they were also talking about um, the Braves not challenging to see if Austin Riley, I believe that's who was running to third for some odd reason was actually safe. And they did not challenge and from what I saw, I don't know if it would have been enough to overturn. I've seen so many challenges that the announcers are saying it's blatantly this, the coaches think it's blatantly this, and they go to the booth and they don't, the call either doesn't change or changes in a weird way. But you got to think it is game seven. You should probably challenge. Like, I get it's only the fourth, but how, how many more times are you going to be in this situation? And they weren't in that situation. I don't think ever again, maybe one other time, one or two more times throughout the game. And, and when they were in those situations, you got, you know, the bottom of the lineup up, even though I think Dansby's at the bottom and he was balling. But I just think you probably should just challenge it just because. I would agree. Like, I, I just, I didn't see the point. Like, I thought he was pretty much out. But yeah, I, I didn't I know that, that he was, I didn't I know if he was that. out or not. Sometimes, like, you just got to – you see it in the NFL all the time, Darren. You're an NFL guy. Like, guys just throw the challenge flag just to kind of – Just because, yeah, Yeah, for you sure. just got to get your challenges in, you know? Yep. Some, coach, yeah. some coaches like to roll the dice. I mean, I, maybe he just thought he wanted to save it for later. I thought he was personally out. Um, right. I don't know. Maybe maybe just, you know, try it out. You never know what's going what's gonna to happen. Yeah. I guess well, the thought is, like, we already – let's just wear the L and keep it going. Like we're going to challenge and then it, then you're out anyway. So it's like really a rally killer, but yeah. I mean, I think the other thing I sat there and watched um, going to the Dodgers lineup, I sat there and watched big poppy, a rod and Frank Thomas. I mean, that's a great, uh, I love their panel because they get so in depth. See Orlando uh, I'm 30. So Orlando is closer to um I'm working on I'm working on guys, a couple of the guys that I know that are still in the system and still in the league. But Orlando is usually the guy that comes through uh, with the guests. I'm the tech guy. Orlando's the guest guy. That's kind of how it's worked. So marriage. Exactly. So when you look at what the what the the Dodgers and you talked about the struggles a little bit, Darren, 
Cody Bellinger is just way too close to the plate. That's what I saw. And I saw that before I listened to the three of them say the same exact thing. So for what he did in the spot, he did it great. But that was a dick ball mistake if I've ever seen it. Like, you can't miss it. He didn't miss it. But that's like the one place right now that Cody Bellinger can hit the baseball. So it's just like I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, kudos to Cody. But, like, that's just where you can't miss. And you missed right there. Well, I mean, the the 0-1 pitch in that at bat. I think was a little bit off the plate and he, and then the pitches yeah. after that, the catcher was setting up off the plate and, and Cody was doing a really good job of just battling, battling. Right. And you know, he, he got that pitch and it, where he stands on the play. I mean, he does have some hole in his, holes in his swings for sure. And guys know how to expose that, but when they miss, he, he makes sure that they pay for that. And then, you know, that was a big point in the game. Pressure was kind of up there. You know, I'm sure the pitcher kind of let his guard down a little bit, thought he had him, and he just missed over the plate and Cody did not, did not miss that pitch. No. Did, did you guys no. see, uh, him dislocate his shoulder after yes. the home run yeah that was it, i mean you talk about some of the all-time great injury you know <laughs> celebrations uh, that was that had to have been up there like i heard i heard him talking in an interview today i think it was from it was from last night and he was saying you know like yeah kika just i think he hit me a little bit too hard it's not really the first time that that's happened so maybe he's got a little loose shoulder in there yeah he said out. it wasn't the first time it had happened and yeah, it, it looked like he, so he did go down to the, you know, uh, training room, like in the dugout and came right back out. But that was pretty funny. Then, of course, he makes the last or doesn't make the last out, but records the last out to end the game. Looking at the and that's the thing about the Braves to so go back to your point, Orlando, about did they really choke? I still think they are probably a year or two away, right, from being where the Dodgers are. The issue is it's easy to say they're going to be around for so long, but you really never know in this game, right? Like the national. So were the nationals a flash in the pan because they were nowhere this year. I know they had some injuries, but my point is that we can sit there and say a team is supposed to be around, but you never actually know. So whether they got outplayed or not, whether the, the, the Dodgers were the better team, it's still going to sing because you just never know. I mean, every year teams are getting better. The Padres are getting, are getting better that and that to, you know, we got Darren, the Dodgers fan here, but again, that is actually like watching all this happen these last couple of years where the Cubs were supposed to, you know what I mean? Run the league for a couple of years and all this stuff. That is what makes what the giants did to me even more impressive. Like even just going forward, through this process because no other team has had any type of success like that. Like there's teams that come and they get, I guess the Astros have been around and we're not, we don't have to get into the trash cans and all that stuff, but it is crazy because there's been so many teams that they're like, all right, they're going to be around. The Dodgers have been around, but they haven't been able to win the big one. So it is very interesting. And it doesn't, I don't think you're going to, you're going to, feel that good if you're a Braves fan because this this game is just changing so much man I mean look at the A's like to have be rolling the way they're rolling Chapman gets hurt do they beat the Astros with Chapman we'll never know we'll never know no no we won't but I do think like it's not as much like the NFL where it's year to year Um, like I do think especially with their lineup and like with how young their guys are um, which, you know, usually is an indicator of health. So uh, I think they'll be around. But yeah, I mean, obviously, this is something where you can look at you can't look at it as, ah, you know, we almost beat the Dodgers. No, they should be fucking pissed off. Like I would be you should be heartbroken about this loss. Like it should it should stink for a while. Um, so, uh, you know, kudos and, to the hats off to the Braves. But and that's what they say in a seven game series, right? Usually in a seven game series. Uh, the best team wins, you know, unless you're the yeah. 2016 Warriors or Cavs because the best team did not win. The Warriors should have won. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could say that. Exactly. Yeah, Same thing. Okay. Yeah. So let's get into some pitching, right? Uh, Orlando's eyes are about to light up like a Christmas tree uh, and talk about the Rays. Okay. Something, Blake Snell is not 100%. Let's start there. He's not. No, I just don't think, I don't think he's. I think he's mechanically, he's off a little bit. He's just missing. He's not missing by much either. He's just nibbling way too much. He's getting in three, two counts. It seems like 
every other batter. Mm-hmm. He's always pitching from the stretch. So he's always throwing stressful pitches. Like it's not just, you know, the amount of pitches you throw. It's always the amount of, of pitches you throw with guys on base. He's throwing a lot of them. So that's why he's not able to go deep into games. If you look at the game, what, what do you start? Game six? Um, yeah. Where the game just got away from them. A lot of those are ground balls where they just kind of got through. So it was some bad luck. But also when you fall behind, it just isn't that right, Darren, when you like you can elaborate on that when you fall behind. Doesn't it seem like there's a lot more just blue pits like bitch hits? Absolutely. You know, I think the game just kind of feeds off that the other team feeds off of it. And like you said, he's thrown a lot of pitches, a lot of pitches with runners on base. And I think it's going to come down to can he get those leadoff hitters out in the inning and kind of limit that damage early. I think if the leadoff guys are getting on early. It's going to be a quick outing for him. Um, but, I mean, the stuff's there. I don't think the, the World Series is the time for him to try to refine his mechanics. You know, he's going to have to get into compete mode. He's going to have to get rid of everything that's happened in these past couple starts, whatever that may be, and he's going to have to come out there with a clean slate ready to attack. Do you, do you, did you see his rant uh, before the season started when he just – he was no, talking I, about the, the labor negotiations. Okay. And he was playing PS4 and he was just kept calling the coronavirus Dorona. And like, he just kept saying, uh, Hey, if I get Dorona and I like, it was one of the funnier, like more under, I think he got a lot of shit because uh-huh. it was in the middle of the labor negotiations. But just the fact that he kept referring to COVID-19 as Dorona and like, he was dead serious too. I, don't know, I just <laughs> thought that was a, funny tidbit but in game one I think they're going glass now what do you okay. what are your thoughts on him you know I think that there's not a whole lot of um, aiming with his pitches I think he just kind of rears back and lets it go um, he's throwing that fastball <laughs> at the top of the zone letting that thing ride. you don't think he's aiming towards uh he's trying to paint the outside corner I don't his... think so I think he's just letting that he sees the he sees the middle and he's letting it go and it, that ball's either riding or it's a sharp downhill curveball so that's um, actually yeah. a really good point that you bring up because guys like, and we'll get right back into the, the Rays stable of 99s, 98s that they have. But that's actually an interesting thing because I've actually brought that up before where uh, guys that throw just ridiculously fucking hard, like that can just throw 95, 96, they're, they're not going to be able to, to paint corners, especially young guys. So like it's becoming more of a trend to just put down the old number one and just throw it center target and let the fastball, you know, have its action. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You're so is that like, is that more up right there at the top of the zone with his glove? And it's just like, you know, it's quick. There's not, there's no thinking. It's just a rear back and throw kind of pitch. And then uh, the Mariners have a lot of guys that throw queso. Is that like a common thing in the Mariners organization too? Yeah. I think it's just in terms of baseball, that's what, it, that's what it's going to, um, you know, like pitching used to be like down in the zone, try to get ground balls. I think the hitter swings have kind of evolved into that. And the, the hole is now at the top of the zone um it'll probably go back the other way at some point that just kind of seems like the trend you know hitters figure out one thing the pitchers got to adjust the other way and i think where the game's at right now a lot of the dodger guys you know, when they're behind in the count they're getting attacked up in the zone and a lot of them have that that uh that they're chasing that curveball down in the zone too um that's one of bellinger's big big holes and i'm assuming glasnow is going to try to attack that with all the hitters right and I wanted to go back to what you said about Blake Snell because I know we were talking about Cody Bellinger and, you know, what these guys, obviously three legends are saying, and it's not like Cody Bellinger sitting there watching the pregame, you know, at least I don't think so, but there is something to be said. It's like, okay, this is the reigning, let's not forget, this is the reigning MVP. He had a down year in a short year. He's not the only one that had a down year. Christian Yelich, some other studs, you know, just is not as many at bats. It's one thing to, you know, be on this path and maybe you don't feel too good and you obviously feel good after that last A-B. That's, couldn't be couldn't want a better A-B heading into the World Series. But you can't just sit there. It's easy for me to say, looks like he's getting jammed on everything. Get off the plate. And it's like, this is a reigning MVP. He's kind of had a down year this year. But you're not going to change what you're doing going into the World Series. Like minor adjustments, minor adjustments. Maybe if you're literally if they're literally pitching you the same way, it's like, Hey, maybe try something, but it's too, we're too, we're too, we're in too deep at this point to just flip anything, you know, and that goes for both lineups really. So it is interesting. So we talked about the Rays pitching. Let's go now to your Dodgers pitching. And you know, the hottest topic there is besides 
Walker tight pants Bueller <laughs> is uh, Clayton Kershaw. Yeah. And what is he going to be able to do? I'll tell you, man, you know, it's gotten to the point, even as a Giants fan, and people might think I'm crazy for this, but just as a, a human and as an athlete and as, you know, I'm left-handed as well, a fellow lefty, watching someone struggle like that is sometimes it is just hard to watch when you know what he is. Like for me, when bump, especially because the Giants just are about to start their rebuild, they haven't even started it yet. But it's, but like from back in the day when you're watching uh, Bumgarner versus Kershaw, right? And it was like Kershaw would kind of have Bumgarner in the regular season, not kind of, he was a better pitcher than him in the regular season. Then Bumgarner was basically like they switch bodies in the postseason. That was like fun and cool or whatever to me. At this point, I'm like, dang, Kershaw, it's kind of like the David Price thing. It's like, I don't necessarily want the Dodgers to win, but it's like, I, I don't need to see him get messed up again. I mean, I'm closer to his age than half of the other guys playing. I'm like, <laughs> come on, homie, you got you to gotta hold it down for us one time. Do you think he'll be able to get the monkey off his back? Um, do you think it's mental? What do you think is going on there? I would never doubt Clayton Kershaw. I would, every time he takes him out, I'm going to say, yes, he's going to go nine. He's going to, he's going to shut him out because I've seen him do it, but there's something about the playoffs where it's a whole different Kershaw that comes out. Um, but back to what I said, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna figure it out tomorrow, and he's gonna come out and throw a gym. He Do always you, has, just just real quick. He always has because he usually pitches in the World Series. He's played in a lot of World Series, a lot of playoff games. In a typical series, he usually has one game where he absolutely shoves it up their ass, and then he'll have you know one maybe you know six innings, three runs, and then he'll maybe come in relief and give up a few runs. Right. But he does have that one game where he really does shove, where he does go CG shut. He looks like, you know, the typical Kershaw that we see. Yeah. So go ahead, Al, but I just wanted to make that. No, point. no, no, you're you're completely right. I mean, if Dave Roberts brings him in out in relief, Dave Roberts should be let go. Like, that that can't happen. That, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's not that where we're not at ever at day. this point. No. No. So, but I what I was going to say is, is it could it be this simple? Okay, when we watch Kershaw on the days where things don't really go right for him, typically – He'll get through like the first three, maybe even four, and he looks pretty good. You get to that second, third time in the lineup, that's when things get a little wonky for him, especially now. I talked about him. I believe he's 32, so he obviously has time. But but on top of that, the way the game is now, when we talk about these fire bullpens and even the starters where you're seeing like Walker Bueller, everybody's like 95 gets you in the door. You know what I mean? For all, like all these guys. Clayton Kershaw's hitting you with the 91 to he'll touch 94. I feel like sometimes could it be as simple as a velocity thing where Clayton Kershaw was always known for his really good curveball. By the time you get to that second, third time in the lineup, because he doesn't have that velocity, you can sit on one of the pitches. Like, could it be that simple? Uh, yeah, it could be. It could be, you know, the, the team has a really refined game plan. It's a it's a big game. You know, they've done all their homework on him and they know what he's going to go to in that second and third time through with the velocity being down a little bit. Um, but I mean, it, I think it, it always seems to be like, you know, one little thing leads to the next. It seems like he starts pressing when when he knows that he's in a playoff game, like he's got that monkey on his back, like you said starts pressing a little bit, wants to do too much, ends up leaving a pitch down the middle. And next thing you know, there's there's three runs on the board and it's just like, He's like, oh, man, here we go again. You can almost see that that thought going through his head. Mm -hmm. And as a fan, I know that, you know, the, the Dodger fans at home are thinking the same exact thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tough spot, but he's just got to take it one pitch at a time. And, I mean, he knows what to do. He's a, he's one of the best at it. So, right. going on him what to do, but. Going back to, uh, to Bueller, like I had a, an epiphany over the weekend where, I was just watching him pitch him and Glasnow, in my opinion. Now I, I'm not even talking about best. I'm just talking about just flat out most electric pitchers to watch in baseball. Just, just watch their fastballs, watch the way they make hitters look stupid. Like I think Bueller and Glasnow are, are one and two interchangeable in terms of just pure like electricity. Bueller is reminds me of the way he pitches, like the competitiveness that he pitches with. He reminds me of like a seventies rock star like his pants, like he's like the lead singer. He's like Bon Jovi out there just throwing <laughs> fucking hundred. Like what, what are your thoughts on, on Bueller? And, and I mean, I, I really think he can be the best pitcher in baseball. 
at yeah. some point. I, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's up there. He's young. He's still learning, but he's got the confidence that it takes. He, uh, you can tell he believes in himself. He's wearing those tight pants. I mean, you got to have some confidence to go out there and do that. Um, and I, you know, I think that that's part of his, like his ego is, you know, he feeds off that, like looking swaggy. I think all the Dodgers kind of like go for that vibe. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, it's just kind of their thing and they feed off of that. But yeah, yeah, I I definitely see him as one of the top five pitchers in baseball and could be number one in, in the next couple of years, you know? Uh, and what's crazy is, you know, you sat there and said that about, you know, Glassnow and Bueller, and I'm sitting here thinking maybe another year or two, May ain't too far behind either because that guy shoves too. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like 100 turbo sinker. <laughs> where It's absurd. That yeah. first pitch of the game to Acuna, where it just first, hi, hello, here's 100 <laughs> towards the ribs. Like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, I got out of the game, honestly, at the right time. Like, I, <laughs> what the hell? What the right. hell is going on? And and going, we'll move on to kind of sort of the matchup and, and how these teams are, are really going to play each other. But the last thing is the Dodgers pen and. The Rays have a bullpen of guys that, you know, know what their job is. You know, Fairbanks, the only time they really like uh, the Rays looked lost is when they didn't bring in Fairbanks, when they brought in Castillo and Cash seemed like it was just kind of a desperation move. The Rays are run like a business and he kind of got away from the business. And then once you go back to the business, you know, you can you're playing Rays baseball. But the Rays have these these set roles where you know you're, what you're going to get from Fairbanks. The Dodgers have these immensely talented pitchers, but sometimes are they're a little inconsistent. You know, you, you, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get from Gratterall other than 101 and like a crow hop Jesus point. <laughs> um, you don't – Urias was awesome closing that game. That's the best I've ever seen him pitch. Yeah. Um, but these guys, like, they're going to need someone to step up, and obviously it was Urias last night. But is that a concern at all when when it's got to be like an individual guy that steps up rather than, OK, we know what we're going to get from Fairbanks. We know Castillo's coming in and he's going to shove. Um, like, I guess like that the, uncertainty. Like that Kansas City swag from what was right. that, 2015. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's kind of more gung ho with mm-hmm. the with the with the Dodgers, I should say. Is that is that concerning at all? Um. You know, I, I think that they, like you said, it's just, a, they got a bunch of dudes um, and them not, they know their roles. Um, I mean, these, these are big league, big league athletes we're talking about. They know their roles. They know to be ready whenever, whenever their name's called. Um, and th- throughout the years, Kenley Jansen's always been the one solid at the end of the game. And then from, you know, to get to that point has been a little sketchy, but you know, he's been shaky right now. Um, I, I'm sure Dave Roberts is still going to have confidence in him. Um, and he did pitch, he did pitch well in those last couple of games. They put him in in a couple couple situations where he didn't have too much pressure um, and he looked well. So, you know, I, I hope he does well. Um, but in terms of the roles, you know, those guys will be ready and you know that there's going to be some guys that they need to eat up innings, um, but they, they got some arms that are going to be fresh and ready to go. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kenley definitely, he, I feel like he goes through spurts, but I feel like a lot of closers do. Um, same with Chapman, you know, that's, he gave up the bomb to the Rays. So it's definitely interesting. I do. I do have a question just because obviously being a pitcher and obviously pitchers always think about hitting and, and hitters always think about pitching. Who is your favorite Dodger right now from as a hitter? Oh, as a hitter, probably Seager. Okay. So amazing. Okay. I mean, well, he is playing. Yeah. He's a dude. He's always been one of my favorites um, for the Dodgers. I just like the way he plays and, he goes up there and he's a, he's a swinger. He's swinging early. He's not watching a ton of pitches and right. he's been hot right now. So hopefully that carries over and in, into the world series. And I think that is a good point because I mean, I've tweeted this at least a couple of times that the, the abundance of wealth that the Dodgers have so many people come one after the other, the other, that if someone has like some, a downtime or whatever, you, we've often gone to the next, 23 24 year old prospect and usually they come out hot too because it was like jock and then bellinger Corey seager all these guys Corey seager has some injury issues but people forget when he came in that rookie year he was a stud he was a stud you know he's dealt with some injuries people forgot all about him he said he's in you know he's finally healthy again i think 
Uh, he had Tommy John and he had hip surgery and now he's finally back. And we know that when it comes to hitting or pitching, like so much comes from that lower half. Uh, but it is so crazy to think about, like, I, I hate to keep talking about the Giants, but we got Joey Bart. Like, that's it. Like, we need Joey Bart to ball out. Like, you guys have just all so many riches that, oh, Corey Seager. Oh, yeah, he was really good. Oh, wait, he's only 26. Like, it's crazy. It really <laughs> yeah. makes absolutely no sense. So I yeah, just I mean, had the, to know. The lineup is, is, is so stacked, like, right. as a pitcher facing them. There's really, there's not a let up in terms of, of the guys you're facing and now there's no dh or anything like that like you're facing nine dudes in a row and then back again you know so there's not really a, a spot in there that order where you feel like okay you know like this is their weak hitter because no. i mean all those go all those guys can rake at any given time even like the un and then when you talk about who's underrated again another 26 year old will smith the catcher nobody talks yeah. about him you know what i mean but he's getting knocks doubles he's knocking it out of the park they just, there's no let up. You cannot let up. You cannot yeah. let up, man. Will, Will Smith has been awesome. He needs to catch every single game for them, honestly. Yeah. I always, in terms of this matchup, I'm, I was thinking about it. And, like, the Dodgers collectively as a whole, like, if they were a person or uh, a team to make a reference, they're like Alabama football. Like, they got five-star recruits all over the field. They have – Seager, it's, I don't think that's a stretch to say he's the best shortstop in the league when he's healthy. That's not yeah, a stretch I mean, he's shown at all. Flashes. Yeah, he's Mookie Betts shown is the flashes. second best player in baseball. Bellinger, I, I don't know where he ranks, but they have three, three MVPs on their team, essentially. They got five. If they, they would be the modern-day like five-star quarterback, and the Rays would be this three-star that like somehow just manages to make the NFL and then be really good. Like they've got a collection of really, really good players and the Dodgers just got a bunch of all Americans. Like right. that is, that's what this is. That's what this matchup is, but right. they're similar teams. Like the, the thing that these, uh, the, that's not being talked about a lot. Did you ever play 27 outs Darren a lot at, at Long Beach state? Oh yeah. We played 27 outs all the time. Yeah, that's did you you played it too, Alan? Of right? course, of course. Yeah, that's. I bet these teams would be a beauty to watch them play twenty-seven outs because their defense is insane. Like the Rays with their shifts, and they know where each other's going to be all the time. The Dodgers just have like these incredible athletes. That's something too. That's and that makes a difference, man, for pitching as well. Like having a good defense. You can elaborate on this, please do. Like having a good defense behind you. You had Hampson. And uh, who's the second baseman? Uh, that was Duran. Duran too. Jared yeah. Durant. So yeah, like, I mean, yeah, having a good defense yeah. is insanely absolutely. Good. As a pitcher, it makes you want to pitch to contact. You're like, I got these guys behind me. Let me get them involved. And you know, I mean, those guys they want the ball. You could tell that they're alert. Um, and just like just knowing that it all okay. I just got to keep the ball in the park, and there's a good chance that my defense is going to make the play. And it definitely it definitely gives you confidence just in terms of going and attacking and throwing strikes and pitching to contact really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when you don't feel like you need to strike everyone out, that's when you make your best pitches. You know, that's what I've always felt, oh, at least sure. from watching and, and just being in the field. It's like, Hey, we got your back, you know, let them hit it. You know, especially if you have a lead and with this lineup, a lot of, a lot of times you are. Um, so now to look at the raise hitters. Um, and that's the thing. I feel like when the Dodgers went up against, the Astros, even though they might have had the trash cans or whatever, it that we both we knew that they both had like guys, right? Astros Correa, Altuve, Bregman, they both had guys. So you're like, okay, this is kind of power on power. You can make the argument that the Dodgers line, I mean, you have Mookie Betts, so the Dodgers lineup is better now than it was at that time. So the on paper, the argument, there is no argument. It's the Dodgers. And then you're looking at these raised hitters that have obviously a Rosarena. He's just out of his mind right now. Like we shouldn't even include him with the rest of the hitters. We don't know what he's going to do, he's but like guy. what he did at the ALCS was just unreal, unreal. And when you, but when you look at the rest of the lineup, Choi, uh, Margo, Lau, Meadows. They just got good, good hitters. Just they got good hitters, hitters but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like based on what I saw, that's the thing. Even when they were beating the Astros in the first three games. I'm just not confident that the Rays are going to be able to cons 
consistently string together the hits or home runs to hang with the Dodgers. And like, that's a very basic take, but that is the take for me. <laughs> it just is. It just is. Yeah. Just yeah. Is, and man. it's like the, the, it's not like the Rays are void of, of first round, like Supreme talent. They have a lot of guys that were first round mm-hmm. picks. Right. They just didn't pan out. Right. Um, we're with their, well, granted Meadows was with the pirates. So I'm glad the pirates just, yeah. what the fuck? He's basically uh, just starting his career over. Now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it just greener pastures talk about, yeah. <laughs> but they do have a lot of guys like that. And obviously they have probably best hitter in the playoffs up to this point in a Rosa Reina, but it's a lot of guys that, and this goes back to how different these teams are. Mm-hmm. Like the Rays don't need to to crush the ball. They're not built like that. They're built with Kevin Cash plugging in the right guy at the right time and and putting the many pieces that they have and setting them up for success and putting them in the right matchup, putting Renfro in the right matchup, putting Meadows in the right matchup. Whereas with the Dodgers, it's like we don't give a fuck what the matchup is. We just rake. Right. So. Right. The Rays, it's just built a lot different. Right. And, and know- even and even if you do want to, oh, uh, there's this hit or they're bringing in this pitcher or that pitcher. Okay, we got Kike who can go bomb. Okay, we got Jock Peterson that can also go bomb. Who, right. What do you want? What do you want? Right. Pick your pick your fucking poison and and go, uh, Darren. Talk about teams like the Rays and how tough it is to beat them because they remind me a lot of of a Fullerton or honestly of a you guys where. They'll put in, they'll plug in this pinch hitter that's hitting 270, but he's going to give you an eight pitch at bat no matter what. And, and I think that I've talked about this before and pitching in the, in the big West and, and those pitching to those type of hitters and those types of offense, it really helps you in the mental game in terms of pitcher uh, hitters that just foul off a bunch of pitches. So kind of go into that and talk about how underratedly difficult that is for a pitcher facing an offense that's just pesky like the Rays. Yeah, you know, I think I think the Dodgers are, are a team that's going to live and die by the long ball. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, the Rays are going to have to find out a way to man, to manufacture their runs, wh- whether it be the small ball, stringing some hits together, whatever it's going to be. But I think they're going to have to try to do some different things like hitting runs, uh, bunt some guys over, you know, just, just in terms of wearing the Dodgers down and sh- giving them a different look and trying to keep the game close. Because I feel like once once the Dodgers get ahead by, by a bunch, that game's – I mean, that's – I don't really see the Rays being a team that's going to come back from from that because they're not just going to go up there and put up three home runs in a row and get right back in the game. So I think that they just they're going to need to slow slow the game down really for themselves and try to speed it up on the Dodgers in terms of laying down some bunts, making them play defense, just stuff like that. Um, but from a pitching as- aspect, yeah, it, it is tough because you know, like I'm saying, they're going to be trying to do stuff like that. They're going to want to steal bags. They're going to want to do that kind of stuff, and they're just going to you know that it is it's annoying. Um, you got to pay attention to the runners. You got to do all that kind of stuff because, you know, like they're going to be involved because like I said, their team's not just up there swinging for the fences. They got to manufacture what they're going to try to do. Um, and yeah, just, you know, having some long at bats, working the pitchers, trying to get into that bullpen. And I think if, if they can get into the Dodgers bullpen early in game one, um, that would be a big win for them because that's kind of what it's going to, what it's going to take. I, I feel like. Yeah. The Rays strike me as one of these teams uh, as we watch, uh, Monday afternoon football and Monday night football, the, like a run heavy team, you know, like Orlando's Niners or even the, even the Ravens to a certain degree that when they're out and when you get out in front, you control the, the uh, rate of play and those type of things, you're in a good spot. You know, you're controlling the tempo, how the game is going, you're in a good spot. But if you fall behind, you don't necessarily have the horses to get back in it. Now that's not to say they can't, um, you know, the Rays, they can drop bombs too, but against this Dodger offense, that's going to be, you know, how many, no pun, like literally no pun intended, how many home runs can you hit to get back in the game once they start rolling? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. It is funny because talking about the, the Dodgers lineup, and again, it's all on paper. Mookie has had an interesting postseason. He's played well. I think that even just and Mookie, this was a tough, tough for me when Mookie signed because he's probably my favorite player. Uh, and to go to the Dodgers, that that was just a rough day for me. But th- there's no way I could. I mean, he's sitting there, you know, balling 
in Jordan ones that I, I've never even seen those type of cleats before. So they didn't have them. They didn't have them around when I was playing. So like, I literally, there's no, I, I can't root against him, but he has been, I would say like average offensively uh, during the postseason. And this is kind of came with him over. This is his first postseason with the, Do- with the, with the Dodgers. This kind of came over with him from the Red Sox, but there is something to be said. Like, is it really that, you know, he's not, producing in the off or in the postseason or is it just that like look guys just are sitting there saying this person is not going to beat me in this situation now it's harder on the Dodgers because I would say the Dodgers have a better lineup than the lineup that uh Mookie left with the Red Sox but it's like he I mean he's getting on base like if this was anybody else no he's not hitting like a Rose Arena but nobody has been or nobody has been as hot as Seager something like that so that'll be interesting to watch because it's this interesting narrative where it's like you're expected in, in a smaller sample size to do what you've done throughout the course of a year, even though it's a smaller sample size. So you look up and you're over 50 or two for 15 with no bombs. And people are like, what's going on with Mookie? This is what we paid him for. It's like, it's 15 at bats. I mean, what, what, I get it. Like big players make big plays, but he's been doing it on the defensive end. So I'm actually kind of interested to see how that narrative plays out. If Mookie doesn't come out hot out the gates because it is something and Red Sox fans, you know, sour grapes, they probably like, they're going to be salty if Mookie does ball out in the play in the play in the world series. And they're going to be ready to roast him and say he did the same thing with them, even though they still, you know, he, again, it's just average. He just hasn't been Mookie during the playoffs. And that's something to say about, it's almost an interesting LeBron argument, if you will hang with me because Mookie has had these opportunities where he hasn't been him Meanwhile, you got people that, sure, Mike Trout is better than him, but we don't know what Mike Trout has done in the playoffs because he hasn't been there. He's been there once, you know? So how can you hold that against somebody who has been at least average in the postseason just because he's extraordinary during the regular season? I don't think you can hold it against him, especially the defensive plays that he made. Like, True. The, that saved the season. Am I right? Like, Right. Yeah. Really did. Really did save the season. So when guys like making out for it, you know, with his glove, the bat, especially with, like you said, the small sample size, I don't, I'm not going to judge him for it. A Rosa Reina, there was one like hypothetical today I saw on the internet that was, do we think Trout is ever going to catch a Rosa Reina in postseason hits? <laughs> I think he has one postseason hit. Trout has one postseason hit. That's so fucking terrible. That's all. But, I think one of the big matchups that I've been wanting to ask you guys about uh, really important stuff here is who do you think has, which team do you think has the edge in terms of homies? Like who would you guys, who would you guys prefer to kick it with? Which team has the most, the boys that you just want to hang back, throw a few back. We already Uh, know your answer. I'm not going to say it. Maybe, Hey, maybe light a light, a little something, what what team do you think has the edge in terms of homies that you you'd want to shoot out of these two with out of these two teams yeah uh darren you can go first yeah darren you go i'd say the dodgers dodgers what what, what's your reasoning give me give me some of the main homies that you think um, i think well one one, i would love to just talk to kershaw have a beer with kershaw talk to kershaw and hear about his stories um and just what he thinks about pitching but Bellinger, Seeger, uh, Kike, Chris Taylor, all those guys seem cool. Hmm. Uh, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Seemed like a bunch of cool guys. Al, what do you got? I mean, obviously, I said my favorite player is Mookie. So I'd have to do the Dodgers. I've hit with Jock Peterson before, Palo Alto guy. So he's a boy. Um, same thing, Kike just seems like he's just super chill. Like they all kind of do, which – it's just so tough for me, but they are, they all do seem really cool. I mean, Cody, same thing. I mean, Justin Turner, it's like Justin, because isn't his story, like, wasn't he out of the game for a minute? And like, he was, he was like a he plumber at some point or no, 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 he think, got out of the game. I think you're thinking of Evan Gaddis. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I think you're Evan right. Gaddis. I think exactly. you're thinking Evan of Evan Gaddis. No, you're definitely the, uh, right. You're he definitely was right. like a, a ski operator. No, or you're definitely right. Something you're definitely like that. Right. <laughs> I think. Out, well, Justin Turner's a journeyman, but he does right. seem like a cool guy. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty conflicted. I would almost be 
like I said, like the Dodgers collectively are a group of five-star recruits. So I would almost be like intimidated in a sense to hang out with them. I right. did say they were my all high team. Uh, they're the highest team in the league. We, we see that time and time again with their center fielder. Um, so I, I, that's a huge plus in my book. But at the same time, like I said, like I would almost be intimidated to hang out with these guys. They got like this SoCal vibe where they're just like big and good looking and fucking probably like, you know, I, I don't know if I would fit in with that crowd. The, the Rays are more of these mid round draft picks they got some, some, some misfits some misfits exactly right, right. some weird brains like the like land of got, misfit toys right you got a guy with cowboy boots on like it just seems like a more kind of out there group so like that's probably the group that i would fit in with um i'm sure and g-man Choi. like i would what i would do to have a conversation with that guy so right. I, I i would give the Rays slightly the edge of the boys but this these are two really really cool teams whereas if the Astros would have made it, I'd be like, dude, I don't want to fucking hang out with no, Correa. Not even a question. Bregman, no. like those guys just seem like the biggest group of douchebags in the world. I would, I would like dap up Dusty and just like keep it moving. I love Dusty. Love you know? Dusty. So I, since you brought it up, we weren't really talking about this, but, and nobody actually has talked about it. Growing up and, and well, not even just growing up, like baseball in general, the idea is that your center fielder is your best outfielder, right? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Do is 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 Cody Bellinger a better outfielder than Mookie Betts? Or is just Mookie that good at right field and you just feel like he feels comfortable out there? Like it's kind of interesting to me. I just thought about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't totally know. I think Cody Cody's fast. He's got that yeah. range to jump up. He's got the range to jump up. He's got the range to cover the whole outfield. Um Maybe it could be something to do with Mookie's arm. He's got a hose from right field. I think that's the, true. The guy with the best arm normally plays right, even though Cody's got a hose himself. But dude, he threw one ninety four. That that throw that came in where they didn't get him as the sack fly in game seven. He threw uh -huh. it ninety four from the outfield. Yeah, to home plate. That's Jeez. a fucking hose. Yeah, Bellinger's kind of a freak athlete. He's yeah, like he's, a shady. He's, a he's like a shady freak athlete. Yeah. Like, remember that uh, back in the day, they need to fire back up that um, slam dunk competition with all those guys that didn't play basketball. There's like one. It's like, like you got to look N1 it up. Mixtape? It's like, huh? You talking about the N1 mixtape? No, I'm not talking about the N1 mixtape. It's like Emmett Smith, Ken Griffey Jr. I think Barry Bonds. Like, it's, it's like a random um, slam dunk competition with like people around. Like, they need to bring that back ASAP. Who like baseball. This is what you need. <laughs> who do you think this would win a slam dunk contest in this series in terms who, of teams or individual yeah, no no people? individuals who would win i think bellinger is probably winning i think, I think mookie I think can Glass dunk now might be secretly really athletic that's true too he is extremely mookie can dunk tall, and he's only he five nine so like it always kind of looks cooler when like a smaller guy does it so that would get him some points like nate robinson-esque you know yeah, yeah. i feel that um who else could probably yam it? Look at this. You think Kike could? Uh, I bet Kike's got a little bit. Kike of strikes me as like that annoying think, athlete yeah, that can, can like up. do backflips and stuff. I could see Kike for sure being able to do. I don't think Jock can dunk. He no. looks like he's a little. I'm not saying heavy set, but he looks like yeah. he's he's got some. Yeah, he's got some. I don't think he can dunk. He's dragging. <laughs> uh, Adamus can definitely dunk. That's for sure. Ooh, I, that's another guy I want to bring up. I, do you, Darren, do you watch Willie Adamas play? Um, I, dude, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he's up and coming. Dude, he, I know he's a stud. He is like the happiest person I've ever seen on a baseball field. It was almost like we were talking about that when, uh, when we first kind of got to Arizona. We were just talking about like, damn, the Latin Americans are just like so happy all the time. Like we're over here complaining. It's fucking like 118. And these guys are just like having the time of their lives. Like that's yeah. Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas like would, would have fun playing baseball in like the Sahara desert. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got, uh, we got anything else? Any other weird, uh, any other weird matchups? Uh, I don't know. I think we probably should do picks and how many games. Oh, that's just a phenomenal call. Um, Darren, why don't you lead us off? 
I picked the Dodgers to win it in five. Woo! Wow. Love that. Let's Love go. that. Stay it with your Dodgers chest. in five. <laughs> and just to be clear, by the way, I preface this. Mariners fans, Mariners organization. Darren's a Mariner. Darren's a Mariner. 100%. He grew up. We're human beings, all right? We still have that childhood kind of nostalgia, all right? So don't come after him. Don't come after us saying he's not about the Mariners. He's he, well, you can be a human fan. beings. You can be a fan. You can be a fan of anyone. So Darren's yeah. got the They, they understand that, Orlando. I'm sure they want Hey, I just want to preface. <laughs> but the Darren's got the Doys in five. That's that's an awesome pick. Where Am I got? going now? Sure. Oh, man. I got Dodgers and six Dodgers and six. I, I don't, there's no way this series should go uh, any, any less than, than six games. Like the Rays are too good to, to not take two from them. So I, I'm going to say the Rays in seven, um, been on the Rays all year. You have, you love, have been, you have, been. I've really been a big Rays guy all year. We, I'll give we you credit. I'll give you credit for that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It's nice to receive some credit. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rays. I'm gonna. I, I'm just thinking they're pitching, and don't even forget we didn't even talk about Charlie Morton, who could That's be true. a huge X factor. He's been an X factor in a World Series before, so uh, I think that their pitching is slightly better and more reliable, even though the Dodgers not like these are two heavyweights going at it. So heavyweights in different ways too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but Darren, dude, you're, you're welcome on any time to actually get interviewed. That's what I was going to say for sure. We'll do part two. Definitely. Okay, cool. And yeah. we'll, we'll talk shop. How's, uh, how's the wing feeling? Are you going to start throwing pretty soon? Yeah, I'm going to start throwing real soon. Wing feels and great though. My body feels great. been working out a bunch, nothing else to do. So yeah, it really isn't. Yeah. What, uh, I mean, you're just playing with the dogs. What else you got? Beach. It's, it's beach. Um, watching sports, training, grinding. I'm doing some lessons, molding the youth. Got to mold the youth. Yeah. You you'd be, you're the right person to mold the youth. Yeah. We're going to so, teach them the best strikes, baby. Pound the zone. And for the listeners out there, like this dude's a treat to watch pitch. Uh, he, You'll never see him show any sort of emotion whatsoever, but it's kind of the coolest thing to watch because it's just kind of like, ah, whatever. You know, it's 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 very very Long Beach, very SoCal. Very, what is it, Torrance? <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. No, where I live. Yeah, Torrance. Downey. 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 All right, Downey's finest. Well, Darren, Darren McCockin of the Seattle Mariners, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, like I said, dude, uh, free to come on anytime. It was good catching up with you. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Good catching up with you, too. Alan, Thanks, nice Darren. You, man. Good meeting you, man. Hey, you know, go hard this next season. Whatever comes your way, it's been a crazy one, but wishing you all the best. Uh, and thanks again for taking the time. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.